it seems to me more and more people are having a problem with low self-esteem or low self-image about themselves today, which can affect all aspects of your life from work, home, and even your spiritual life. It can cause anxiety, depression, and if not treated, in some extreme cases, it can lead to suicide. I would like to share with you what the Bible says about how we and others see ourselves differently than the way that God sees us. And a good example of this is Moses. And I'm going to go to the book of Acts. I'm going to go to chapter 7, verses 20 to 36. At this time Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was sent out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought, her, brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptian, and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffering wrong, he defeated and avenged him who was opposed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons, and he was there for forty years had passed. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire in the bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. As he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groanings and have come down to deliver them. And now I will send you to Egypt. This Moses whom they rejected, saying, Who made you ruler and judge? is the one God sent to be ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. And he brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. Here's what happened at the burning bush. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 4 verses 10 to 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. 
So the Lord said to him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Moses is telling God, I am the wrong man for the job. Imagine what is going through Moses' mind. He's probably thinking I was once a prince in Egypt. Now I'm just a shepherd. I'll probably make another mistake. They've already rejected my help once. But Moses was already trained for the job. He was a prince. He learned leadership skills. He learned how to conduct himself in front of Pharaoh. As a shepherd, he learned how to organize large crowds of people and animals. God had a different image of Moses than Moses did of himself. Another example is Jeremiah. He also had a low self-image. And we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, starting in verse 5, going to verse 9. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Before I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not be afraid. Do not say I am a youth. You shall go to all I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hands and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. In verse 5, God says to Jeremiah, I made you. I knew you before you were born, and I have a plan for you. In verse 6, Jeremiah tells God, I cannot speak, for I am a child. God had a different image of Jeremiah and tells him, Go and speak. In verse 8, God says, Do not be afraid. I am with you, and I will protect you. And in verse 9, God takes care of Jeremiah and gives him his words. I have also felt the same way as Jeremiah and Moses, and I'd like to share that with you right now. I was uh, One of the very first ministries that I was involved with was uh, prison ministry. I'd go out on Monday nights and have fellowship with the inmates. And I had only been going for about a month. And one Monday night, the inmates asked me if I could go out to their Bible study on Thursday that a dear friend of mine and the Lord had been teaching for about 13 years, which meant that I had to get special permission from the prison to go out on Thursday. I received special permission for Thursday, and, next, and the next Monday, the guys asked me if I had gotten special clearance. I told them I did. Then they told me I was teaching the Bible study. And I kept telling them that I was just looking forward to coming out and uh, participating in the Bible study. You know, not teaching or preaching. They kept insisting that I was coming out to teach and preach the Bible study. And I looked at my uh, friend who had a big grin on his face and said to me, Well, I guess you're teaching the Bible study. That happened on Monday. 
and Thursday I had to teach it. So I went home and I prayed to the Lord for a sermon, for an idea on how to teach. I've never, I never did that before. And the Lord had me put my testimony to Scripture. How my disabilities are an ability that the Lord can use in his ministry. So I went out to Thursday Bible study and I presented the message of the testimony of how my disability was an ability that the Lord gave me to use in his ministry. And a couple of the men came up afterwards and received the Lord as their Lord and Savior. Uh, and on the way home, after it was all over with, two things my friend told me. First, he said the spirit had never moved in the prison like that in a long time. And second, that there was this big inmate, muscular guy, sitting in the back crying because he had this perfect body and wasn't doing nothing for the Lord. And I had this imperfect body and I was doing everything for the Lord. So I had a chance to present that message again on Monday night and the same thing happened. So later that night I prayed to the Lord what do you want me to do? What's the next step? And the Lord laid it on my heart to start Strength Through Christ Ministries. Now God had a different image of me than I did of myself. And people may have a different image of you than God does. And I'd like to share that with you. And we're going to the New Testament. And it shows how the, this shows how God sees people differently than the way we do. Now in this part of scripture, we're going to be talking about Mary Magdalene. A lot of the historians believe. And we're going to go to John chapter 8 verses 4 to 11. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was called an adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convinced by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Everyone saw Mary Magdalene as a harlot, worthless, and Jesus saw something different. He saw a soul that he could use. Verse 13. 
continuing in John, we're going to go to chapter 20, verses 10 to 18. Then the disciples went out to their own house. Mary Magdalene, she is the risen Lord. But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. As she went, she stooped down, looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, one sitting at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus laid. When they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener, said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Mary Magdalene was the first to see Jesus after his resurrection, who everyone else saw as a harlot. We and other people have a different image of us than Jesus does. A good example of how others and the way God sees us is the story of Saul's conversion to Paul and that we're going to go to the book of Acts starting in verses 1 and 2 then Saul still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord went out on the high went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus so that if they he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Saul's image of himself is the defender of the Jewish faith by killing the followers of Jesus. And now we're going to go to the book of Acts. We're going to go to chapter 9, verses 4 to 9. Then he fell on the ground, and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, to, said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is harder for you to kick against the ground. So he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. Then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. The Lord had a different image of Saul. Now we're going to go to verse 10. 
Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here am I, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the street, call straight an inquirer at the house of Judas, for the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come in and put his hands on him, so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind up who call upon his name. Ananias had a different image of Saul from hearing that he had killed some of the followers of Jesus. Now verse 15. But the Lord said him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name to the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, laying his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes like something like scales, and he received his sight, and at once he arose and baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with his disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached Christ in a synagogue, and that he was the Son of God. They, all who heard him, were amazed. Is this not he who destroyed those who call in the name of Jerusalem? And has come here for that purpose, so that he might bound the chief priest? The Lord's image of Saul became Paul. God had a different image of Saul, who became Paul. You may still be having a low self-image of yourself. And here are some verses that may help you, that help me. We're going to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. When you are in Christ, you are made new. The old things in life are passed away. And we are made new in all things. You may still think that I cannot change. I have a image of myself. In Genesis it says, the first chapter, 27. So God created man in his own image. He created him man and female. He created them. The Bible says you are made in the image of God. You are made just right. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and breathed life, and they became a living soul. 
God gave you life, and the breath of God made you a living soul. And the breath of God is dwelling in you now. And you still may be thinking, I can't do this. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It is through the strength of Christ that you can do it. And you still may be saying, I, I, I'm still, I still can't do it. Well, in 2 Corinthians 12.9, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Christ will give you the strength to do it and the grace to do it. And you still may be thinking, why would God have a better image of me than I do and others do of me? Not looking at my past mistakes, giving me the strength and the grace to move forward. It's in John 3.16. And everybody always makes fun of this verse because of the guy in, in the baseball games that used to have the rainbow wig and hold up a sign or had a t-shirt on it that said John 3.16. But this is why God has a better image of you than you do of yourself. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have our everlasting love. It's because God loves you. That is why he has a better image of you than you do of yourself. So right now, uh, we're going to have a pause. We're going to have a little bit of music. So you can take in and see what the Holy Spirit is talking to you. <laughs> 